Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Blue Abroad Show. Monday, the 21st of February, 2022. Hope we're all well. Pommy, I don't know what's gotten into you, Matt. You are looking suave tonight. Mate, I'm ready for an away day. I just need four cans of Carlin Black Label and I'll go and smash up Richmond for free. Got the hair. Every single hair is in place. You got the uh, the polo on. What's I've the spent occasion? too much time with you. What can I say? <laughs> Finally rubbed off on you. <laughs> you watch. Ne- ne- next week's live, I'll be freaking tanned. And then we've got a real problem. Well, I'll know that something's changed when you've got a rug on your wall. So that's that's the next step. <laughs> uh, you know what? My wife has been wanting to pluck my eyebrows. So, I mean, that could be the next stage. Can you imagine? Nothing would make me more prouder than having you <laughs> pluck your eyebrows or thread them, at least. I, I, I might do a live thread along. <laughs> Love it, mate. We've got we've got a lot to catch up on. There are a lot of little bits and pieces of information came through this week. And even today, we're going to get through the injury report. We've got an AGM coming up. We've got a season launch event to talk about. We've got a win in the in the women's side of things. Um, so let's play the OG intro, because I think everyone likes that one a bit better and, and get cracking. Martin's been very impressive every single time. I saw the Colin Porters and I thank you for the love. Nice season, playing his last game. And there is a basic moment. All inside 50, control! It really is the best intro. Gotta love it. It is the best intro that we've had, so we might just keep it. What the people want, the people get. Mate, we're all about that. We are all about that. Now, I know a lot of people want to talk about the injury news straight away. So we're going to do it a little... We're not going to do it straight away. We're just going to run through the schedule as we normally do. Um, we're going to start off with the AFLW because it's a good vibe. Mate, they got it done. They finally got it done. Uh, a win for the W. And uh, it was it was good to see you do a watch along and you know actually have something proud to watch. So... Um, why don't you talk to us about how that game went? It was, it was great. It was a good day. It was nice to be singing songs out of happiness on a live, as opposed to being, you know, like 1980s new romantics depressive. So that was nice. It, it was it was good to watch. I mean, I got a text today from a Cowton fan, and he said that it was great watching because it was relaxing, because we were never in doubt. And that is probably sums it up. We were never in doubt, was it, really? We had a iffy five minutes at the start where you were like, uh-oh, I've seen this before. But then they went to a new reboot and it looked pretty good. So it was a nice, relaxing encounter. The girls did what they did. St Kilda aren't very good, let's be honest. No. St Kilda are a shithouse. Um, and it was 13 versus 14. And we proved when we should be nowhere near that. Um, but for me now, it's building on that. Next week, it gets a bit tougher, GWS. Week after that, it could be anything because Gold Coast are Jekyll and Hyde. So for me, it's trying to get four wins to end the year. Melbourne will be the toughest test. But pretty much everything they tried went right and they bullied a week aside, which I'm proud of. Yeah, that was the thing. I don't want to sour the win and talk about how St Kilda are no good and they didn't beat anyone of of note, even though, it, it, you know, it might be true. The job got done. Uh, I saw some commentary on Twitter about how it wasn't good enough and a team of this talent should be winning by more and, and all of that. But the reality was and is that in the month before that game, it was just not very good at all. So to, to win convincingly was, I guess, a step in the right direction and, you know, we speak about every week well, over the last month. We've been speaking about uh, making the making the you know the monogram proud and doing it proud and 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 fulfilling their duties as representatives of the club. And I think, by and large, they did that on the weekend. They were having fun out there, which mm-hmm. I think was was nice to see as a fan. After half time, you saw the pressure was starting to be relieved was they were enjoying their job. It didn't look like you saw... I thought the first quarter, even though we dominated it, you could see nerves. But they wore off. And by the third, you could see they were a bit more expansive with the play. They were taking the game on. 
a little bit more risk riskier than we're used to. And I think the template there of running and stunning their opposition is how that list is formulated. I, I think sometimes they get lost. They're not at all Mark side anymore. When they're moving the ball in motion like that, impossible to stop. Darcy Vessio as well. The ball movement into her, that it was actually low and flat. So they had something to run onto and something to create as opposed to trying to mark it. It paid dividends and it was ultimately a good performance, but it means nothing if they don't pump GWS this week. Agreed. Agreed. They've got to, they've got to continue on and go from there. And um, I don't want to get too carried away, but positive, positive news to come out of the AFLW side of things. So we, uh, we might leave it there because there's a lot to get through um, on the men's side of things. Now, and obviously on Wednesday night, we'll have the AFLW show. We had an intra-club match last week. So before we touch on the practice match against St. Kilda on Thursday, I think we might go back to go forward. Um, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I know there was supposed to be a, well, they said there was going to be some sort of a joint session with Hawthorne. Didn't go ahead for whatever reason. So we ended up having an intra-club match, which was closed to the public. I think there were a few media personalities there and uh, people from um, AFL media there. So what we were told from the intra-club match last week was that Charlie Kerno and Zach Williams really stood out. Now, what does that really mean? Probably nothing, but it's good to see you know them standing out again because they've both done it before in this preseason. Um, what are some of the things you're... Pom, that you're noticing, uh, what are the common trends that you're noticing? And and those of you in the audience, what are the common trends that you're noticing from these intra-clubs, uh, scratch matches, simulations? Well, I've got to say it's not as sexed up. Usually, I mean, well, I, think, I think the report said Charlie kicked four from memory. It's a long time since I've read it. But usually... Carlton of old would have been, there would have been a montage of every goal Charlie's ever kicked, probably would have wheeled out two old Carlton players to talk about how great Charlie could be. And it would have been like literally the feast at Charlie Kernel's table. It kind of just put it out there and that was good. Um, I like it. I mean, one thing, they seem a little bit more work mode, but I mean, let's be honest, Charlie Kernel being in the best on, is an exciting thing because we know how much I love Charlie. And when I'm on the show, it could become Charlie abroad. But the guy is a special, special talent. And I, I love hearing his name in the media for good reasons, not because he's injured. So long may it continue because I can't get enough of it. Yeah, of course. Uh, I was actually talking about it today. And this is the closest that we've ever been to seeing him, you know, back to his best touch wood. Um, fingers crossed everything goes well, but he seems to have ticked off every every uh, box along the way. Um, I think the other one is is Mitch McGovern. Now, I know that there are only photos, but for the first time since I've ever like seen Mitch at the club, I'm genuinely noticing proper definition in his arms. And I don't know if it's just a, a vanity metric or whatnot, but uh, I am starting to to get excited about what Mitch can do, and it, you know, because it, it does seem like he's done most of the preseason as well. I think that's a big thing for Carlton Football Club, and it's probably I know that obviously the injury to Walsh, and we're going to talk about another injury to a certain Mister Important guy at Carlton in a bit. That has kind of, for me, taken the deflection off what really matters. Z Got to remember, Zach Williams hasn't completed a full preseason before. It's always been interrupted. Mitch McGovern now has completed a full preseason. Do you know what I mean? Another guy, no one's talked about, Mark Pittner, completed one preseason at Hawthorne, was always injured, and was intermittent at Carlton last year. All these are massive positives because these are players, if we were talking about them, even though Brian got a write-up and Dow from the great Diesel as well got a huge rap from what he's been doing in preseason. All these guys are guys that we complain about. All, all of them are guys that, if I mention them on the show, you either love them or you hate them. There's no in-between. So it's a real exciting time because we've been doing the tier list, you, me, Bucky, and the entire fan base. We took, The one evidence is clear. We need people in four and three to get to two. And all them names have been mentioned in all of the training sessions as guys who have either stood out 
all done well. And that, for me, is exciting. Mm, agreed. Yeah, definitely. Well, <clears throat> before we touch on the injury list, I wanted to touch on a report that came out prior to that. Um, and it's uh, it was, uh, I believe it was Riley Beveridge from AFL Media who um, got the quotes. But basically, talking to uh, talking to Michael Voss, and the good news, I think, I think this is this is really good news, and it's about Sam Doherty. Now, I think I feel like a lot of us, it was a bit of a no go zone in terms of putting any expectations on him, and obviously what he's been through in this off season is well documented. But today we got a bit of an insight is, as to how close he might be. Um, Vossi was saying he's, he's obviously he's desperate to get out a full season. Some of the ground he's made in the last month has come really quick. Uh, he also said that we have to be cautious with that. He'll tell us tell us how he's traveling. We'll put the load to him and see what he can cope with. But certainly in the last month, we've become more bullish with where he's at. Uh, we're certainly hoping that he has a fairly large say on the front end of the season. Um, so it seems like, well, it's pretty clear he's not going to play on Thursday against St. Kilda. But the fact that they, they were bullish that he would be playing next week against Melbourne... I feel like that's the story. Yeah, we're a bit up. We're a bit up in arms about the injury report, but Sam Doherty is looking like featuring in the first month of the season, which is huge for us. I don't think it's a surprise. Anyone who went to training, he stood out. His fitness levels. He took a massive part in that session. He looked fit. He looked hungry. You see it quite often in sport as well when someone hands up the burden. And I call it a burden of captaincy. It is a huge burden, how they flourish. And what an inspiration. Like, like for me, the way I get excited about Carlton right now is I don't know many human beings in life could turn up to training and be half assed when there's a guy that's fought off cancer twice. Do you know what I mean? Fought off cancer twice. Fought off ACLs twice. And he's still bloody there. He's, how could you... Go to work and not give 100% when you've got that guy who, let's be honest, is lucky to be even playing sport, let alone professionally at the highest level. What an absolute hero, an inspiration and a human being that Sam Dockett is. That, that is the real story here. And I can't wait because I tell you what, he is, he, he's got something, Sam, that not a lot of players have. And I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing him out in the park. I yeah. think he is. The future kid Simpson. I reckon that is going to be the guy that we will have a bit of a tear in our eye when he brings the curtain down on his career. Yeah, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think he really assumes that role of, I don't know what you call it. Is it spiritual leader? I'm not sure. I think Cruiser had elements of it. I think Simo clearly had elements of it. And yeah, I think I think every team has him. And I think Doc is clearly that for us now. And he, he moves into a different different phase in his career. It's just so difficult to comprehend that he's going to be playing early in the year after, not that I wrote him off, but you just don't know how to talk about it. I, well, I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't really know. We did the preview for him and I was a little uneasy speaking about what to expect from him and, and whatnot. So I, I just can't see how anyone lining up next to him or, you know, the, the, 20, the 21 others that, you know, go out in the field next to him, don't have a little bit extra to give because of him being there. And I think that's a, like you said, I think that for me was the story of the day, not Harry Mackay having a sore foot. Tell you what, when he's next to you, you'd feel superhuman. It would be like being at war with someone that's been shot three times and not died. You you would feel like, Jesus, this guy has got whatever luck is, he's got it. Nothing can take him out. So nothing can take me out because I'm his mate. So yeah. I, I think Doc is... What a story for them young players as well, do you know what I mean? Because there's, hopefully they never go through. Because an ACL is the cancer of sport, let's mm. be honest. But yeah. this guy's had cancer as well and fought that twice. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you what, that is incredible right there. That's superhuman, that is, to do yeah. it twice and the ACLs and he's still there. What a, what a hero, man. Can't yeah. not love him. No, well said. Well said. The other... The other few bits and pieces that Vossi spoke on, which are of interest to all of us. Uh, the first one was about Zach Williams. Now, we know that with the Walsh news, I know last week we sort of spoke about maybe Zach Williams could fill in some midfield minutes there, but um, Voss made it pretty clear where he said, I don't, I certainly don't want to take anything off the table, 
But if we had to pick a more predominant position, it would be across half back. The beauty with Zach and even with Mitch McGovern for that matter is that they do have the capacity to play in different positions. If it's required, either on a weekly basis or throughout games, we have a few strategic levers that we can go with if we need to as a coaching group. Now, when I when I when I read that and I listened to Ashley Hansen's wrap up of the preseason, it, it's pretty clear what we're doing. We're we're planning for a COVID season, which is a, is a no brainer. There are going to be late withdrawals. There are going to be health and safety protocols coming and going. And it arguably has never been more important to have versatility amongst the group. So the fact that Zach Williams seems like we're going to, you know, he's going to start the season as a halfback flanker. Um, what did you make of that? Brilliant, because it's clear. It's clear. And there was my huge issue with Teague last year. He danced around this position. He might be a backman. He might be a midfielder a bit later on, but now he's a backman. Same with Zach Fisher. I'm moving him into the forward line. I'm not closing the door on being a midfielder, but we think he's a forward. I like the fact that he's got... That, that says to me, Zach Williams knows where he stands. I might have to do the job when it comes to it, but if I want to have a permanent fixture in Carlton's football side, I'm a backman. Mm. Brilliant. And... Let's be honest, Zach Williams is a talented footballer. I know we get on his case a lot. No doubt about his class. It's about being longevity, longevity with him. So if 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 Voss is excited and confident, who am I to question him at the moment? He's never told me he doesn't know anything. He seems to know what he's doing. So I like Sebastiani's comment here. Best on ground. There you are. Ah, Free votes. He's got a good surname as well. We got to remember that. He does. He sure does. Well, the other part was about Mitch McGovern, which was a bit of a surprise to me as to how it came about, because I think the perception was that the club went to Mitch to see, uh, you know, if he'd be happy to move into the back line. Um, so Vossi said that if I was confident about it at the start, I'm even more confident about it now. But we have some training to go off the back of that. When he first went in, he still had some physical hurdles to overcome, but we all see the attributes that he's got. What's been really striking about Gov is that he's had a real urgency in the way he's gone about his preseason. He's been extremely motivated and he's done everything that's required to give himself the best chance to go out and play good footy. That guarantees nothing, but it certainly gives you a hell of a good chance. Uh, the Liam Jones decision had nothing to do with it. It was in discussions with him and giving it some more thought. It made sense, but he was well and truly along the path before I'd even had a chance to talk to him. As I chatted to him and it became clearer, he had a passion about it. That's what he wanted to do. And we were happy to facilitate that. I don't want to sell the dream, but I think I think all signs point to a, a clear... All Australian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thing about... I know me and Mitch have a love-hate relationship and everyone always remembers the beer we shared, me and Mitch. But one thing I always go back to that conversation was he, he idolised us as mm. a fan base. Like, yeah. that is one thing I never doubted because I saw his eyes light up like a kid. Mm -hmm. Like It was hair standing up on your neck when he talked about the fan base and he'd never experienced such a passionate group and he felt like 80,000 people raised him up to take that mark against Saints. So I love the fact that it seems like he was so active in that decision. Look, I want to do it. And we've talked about him being a new father. I reckon that changes his mindset. I, I, I back Mitch in because you know what? What else can I do? And I, I hope it works out for him. I mean, I would be happy as Larry if I'm not bagging him next year because I, I don't like bagging him. Like people think I like sacking coaches and bagging players. That is not what I like doing. I'm just pretty proficient at it. <laughs> Bateson's got a good point here. Ten minutes ago, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves just now. Mitch McGovern's an all Australian. It was a joke. I said all Australian. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the final one was about stock. Um, uh, Vossi says that he's had lots of chats with him. We still feel like for the now. He's about playing across halfback and developing his skill set there. There's been no real further discussion outside of that. He's really clear on that. In fact, he's pretty keen to get stuck into it. So these were the initial quotes 
I think it was 13 hours ago the article was posted. Now we're going to touch on the injuries because because there was a bit of a a bit of a reaction. So I might start by reading out the injury report. So it was the first one of the year. Um, we know about Walsh's ankle. He had surgery last week. He's in a recovery phase. He's wearing a moon boot. He's been ruled out for at least the first month of the season. They'll assess it after that. Josh Honey was, I think, news to most of us. He underwent surgery for the ITB around his knee. That is a nasty, nasty pain. I've, I've, I've had pain in my ITB before. He's currently in a recovery phase ahead of integrating into the running program. He's expected to be available after the first month. Jack Carroll had a tight calf. He's just going to be managed, and he's playing next week against Melbourne. Harry Mackay was obviously the big one. It says that he has some joint soreness in his foot that is currently being managed. He won't play against St. Kilda. He's a chance to play against Melbourne next Thursday. The main focus is being ready for round one. We know about Tom DeConing. He had the uh, the blood clot in his shoulder. He's a test to play next week. Doc, we know where he's at. Domakui was a new piece of news. He's heard he has had some groin soreness for a few weeks. Um, we know where Stock is at. He won't be available for the practice games. Um, he'll be assessed at the start of the season. Marchbank is expected to be available from roughly rounds five to eight. And Cunningham's expected to be available in the second half of the season. Now, once this report came out, it was it was just chaos. And this is why you love the Carlton fan base, because we just we're so scarred. We're so um we're so used to the pain. Um, but I just think it's a little bit of time for a little of this. I just think we need to settle down. Um, I'm not like there was nothing in there that really worried me. Like the, the Walsh news last week was a, a worrying piece of information, but I don't know. I didn't feel the same um, breath of panic when I, I read that injury report because we've still got a month to go. I mean, f- f- we know we know. I look at sport a little bit differently to the average bear. For me, I look at this as it, it's war. It, it is war. I, I try and get myself in that mindset with all sport. And I just feel like if we're a tribe, we're going to Richmond's tribe. We know they're going to invade in four weeks' time. And we've lost our best archer and our best swordsman. And we're now going out and telling them, oh, we've lost them. And we're going to get slaughtered if that's the mindset, if we're panicking. Like, literally, we're panicking that much. And... To be honest, I find it pathetic. I don't believe in things like luck and good fortune and things like that. It's happened. It's happened. And for me, you've got to deal with it. And look at the round one list. Do you remember this time last year? Everyone was like, oh, we'll batter Richmond. Terry's gone to the great trouble of showing us finding that list. Look at some of the names on this list, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Petreski-Seaton, Jack Noons, Mark Murphy. You all hated him. Um, do you know what I mean? Lockie Fogarty, no one knew who he was pretty much. Will Setterfield, he wasn't a wingman. That was the big complaint. Michael Gibbons could be good. Oscar McDonald was Tom's talent, talentless brother. Do you know what I mean? There's a few names on there that, you know, every, I mean, Levi Casbolt went full forward, ladies and gentlemen. Like, tell you what, I, I, I'll say this now. Right, let's just say at full forward they have to play Mitch McGovern with Charlie Kerner. Charlie Kerner and Mitch McGovern combined are better than Harry McKay on his own because Harry McKay's on his own there with Levi Casbolt. <laughs> are they like literally? And also, you got to remember that game. I think Levi spoiled five marks for Harry as well. So, like, if it is the case, it is the case. Do you know what I mean if it is the case? Let's just say he's not there. But that, if you read the article. It's really easy to sit here sometimes and scaremonger. Mm. It, it's easy content because everyone laps it up. But let's be real for a second, right? It's article stated he may play against Melbourne. Priority is round one. He's playing as, round one. As it he's should playing be. round one. Yeah. He's, he's playing round one. Facts. But let's just say he's not going to play. I will be expecting round one. 22 men go out on the field representing me and all of you guys watching and all you guys back at home have a system, have a structure 
and they will go hard with 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 even without Mackay and Walsh, probably the best side they've ever played all together. Mm. They'll be fine. They'll be fine if they if 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 they're, if they're scared like we are. Michael Voss needs to pick up the phone to Uncle Gill and say we forfeit the season because if they're not going into it thinking you can take ten of our blokes away from us, we'll still win. There's problems. I'm confident and. Harry, mate, put your feet up, mate. You've got a big job to do. Yeah, I, I mean, there's still plenty of time for a lot of these injuries to be recovered from, for sure. I mean, it's, uh, I think we're 25 days, correct me if I'm wrong, we're 25-ish days out from round one, which is crazy to think because that's really flown by. And all these sore niggles you would expect by the, the time round one comes. First of all, there's probably going to be more of them. Everyone he saw in this game, it's a ruthless, it's a ruthless game. And and when you watch training as well, it's not like they're taking it easy on each other. I think if anyone watches Liam Stocker on on Twitch, uh, he 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 makes note of how tough training is when he speaks about it. That's my big concern. Mm. Like my big concern is, and I, I said this to Paolo over the phone the other day. What scares me is when I hear. Wheatering said it, Walsh has said it, Cripps has said it, Stock has said it, Durden said it. Training's more intense. We've never experienced this preseason like this. What I saw when we went to training is what I've seen every preseason where I've seen Richmond go, and every time I've seen Hawthorne train, that's just a normal session. That's not intense. That's normal. So, honestly, I I couldn't be less bothered. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm downplaying it, but where I am, they've got to do it. They, yeah. they, they've got to do it. I mean, Harry Mackay could have got COVID on the Wednesday. That That's how like injuries this year mean fuck all because you've got this C word now, COVID, which we've seen with the women. It just happens. So for me, get him right. He will have... He, he's, he's, he's a confidence player. And you know what Harry Mackay is like? He doesn't train well anyway. It, that, that's one of his issues. People have always slated him about he's not a big trainer. He didn't really stand out when we watched him on Thursday that time. Mm. Charlie did. Mm. But he can do it. He's got credits in the bank. You know, a half-fit Harry can still kick six. Of so I'm, I, I'm confident. Yep, of course. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube, you will see a pinned link at the top of your live chat. So I uh, just want to touch on the Blue Abroad season launch event. Now, this is our first event, proper event, um, and I'm really excited about this one. So basically, we've got a very limited capacity of 50 people. Um, I believe at this time of this going live, we've got 16 tickets available. Um, so basically, we've got a, a cafe in Thornbury called H Cafe, thanks to the wonderful Mr. and Mrs. Degani. Um, they're staying open a little bit longer. So... Um, your tickets that are that are there for those of you that have them um, are there, and that will have your food will be covered. Um, we're basically meeting up with each other. Uh, the Almost Blues Brothers will be there. The Jumper Punch Boys will be there. Uncle Pom will be there making his uh, his, his event debut. Um, and it's just a, it's a great opportunity for us to actually meet. I know some of us did meet at the back end of last year when we had the the Christmas drinks. Um, but this is going to be a bit more of an intimate affair. It will be the long weekend and I'm excited. I'm really excited to, to meet a few more faces that we haven't met in person, but we know so well online. Mate, I can't wait. I, I'm super excited. Like, honestly, uh, a few people have reached out to me asking if I'm going as Terry's confirmed, I will be there. So I'll be signing autographs, dropping banter. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So you can come and say hello to me, have a beer with me, see what I'm like. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone, though. I mean, it's always an honour when we go to training and you guys and girls reach out and be like, oh, you're Pom. Uh, it's great to see everyone. So I'm looking forward to it. Can't wait. And honestly, get round there as well. Terry's mum and dad, they run that cafe. COVID has fucked the industry. So it's an honour, I will say, as, as behalf of Blue Abroad, that we can attend this event and help your parents out because obviously they've gone through a tough time as everyone has, and that's what it's all about, giving back as a community. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, it's um, it's going to be a great one. Louis Arampatsis, welcome to Blue Abroad membership. Thank you very much. Um, I want to turn 
the focus to the general season ahead. And I, I started actually, to be honest with you, I started filming a uh, season prediction video today. And I sort of got halfway and then I thought, why don't we just talk about it tonight? So it's going to be off the cuff, but I've got a few questions and I want to run them by you, Pom. And I, oh, I, didn't, I didn't tell you this on purpose because I wanted to get a natural reaction. Is it um, the best six small forwards at St Kilda? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. But I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to touch on just some questions. I want to see where the audience is at, and I might ask the same questions just before round one once we've seen practice matches. Um, so for those of you watching at home, feel free to play along here. Pom, I'm going to ask you. Um, we'll start with the Coleman Medal. Who have you got in your eyesight right now? And those of you at home, put your answers in the comments, and I'll put them up on the screen. What, for the entire season of just Carlton, yeah. if we're just doing no, Carlton? No, no, this is the AFL. We will do the Carlton season predictions once we've um, had the practice matches. But okay. I'm just trying to gauge where everyone's at. Who's winning the Coleman? Okay, well, my bold call at the start of the year was Charlie will outscore Harry. Okay. So I will say it's Charlie Kerner will be the Coleman medalist. The Coleman medalist. Okay, I like it. <laughs> That's I'm, a very... Mate, yeah. mate, mate, tell you what, this time next year when we replay this, we'll be like, Pom's gone for the future here. He's a genius. He's a genius. <laughs> I, I I, feel like Harry will do it. And the reason why is because I'm just not putting that pressure on Charlie. Um, but at the very least, Charlie will be able to take a defender away from Harry and uh, allow Harry to have a, a few more easier goals. And, and that's really what I'm basing it off. But I do want to see how Charlie's moving against opposition. And if he's moving just as good as what he is against his own teammates at training, then I think that answer might change. Remember as well, Charlie's goal should count for double because he kicks him from 70 off the step. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> he does. This is an interesting one as well. I think Jeremy Cameron will absolutely have a good season this year. I was waiting for someone to, to, um, to bring him up. Um, I reckon round six, he contracts COVID and refuses the third booster when it's mandated and okay. he's uh, abstained from the year. <laughs> well, you can go home and play Call of Duty. <laughs> um, rising star, who is going to win the NAB Rising Star? Uh, I reckon this is boring. Um, Horn Francis will win the Rising Star. Over Nick Dacos. Yeah, I think Con Francis will really stand out in that north midfield, particularly with Cunnington totally out. I reckon Horn Francis is going to play that row role and shock the world. Okay. Do you am I just being a Carlton tragic here and saying that Brody Kemp could really emerge in that rising star race? Because I'm pretty sure he is eligible. He will be, yeah. He's played less than the game quarter. So yeah. I'm could be, could be. Um, but, I, yeah, I just think Con Francis, especially when you hear independent people saying that he's standing out on the ball, it's it, it's Raul all over again because that is yeah. what he's good at. And Rising Star, they do love it. They do mm -hmm. love contested possessions. He's going to get a lot of them. Elijah Hollands, he is – that's a name that I'm seeing a lot of, especially in the, um, in the super coach community. What can you tell me about Elijah Hollands? I know nothing. Crafty, crafty player. Half forward, small forward, can run a bit through with the midfield. Very good player. I mm. just think it, it's an on-ballers to have. And I think Mr. Mr. Horn Francis will win it. It should be Nick Dacos, though. I hate to do it. And I know Swoop Luke's going to clip this. But Nick Dacos is the best junior in that rising star thing by, by, by a country mile. He's, he's that good, but he won't win it. No uh, swoop Luke. He's going to get it <laughs> after his little performance on Twitter today. And that is all I'll say. I didn't reply to it. <clears throat> I didn't respond to it, but just know that what he said today was noted. I can't be horrible to him because he was actually the first person to buy Pommy and Oz merch. So <laughs> I'm, kind, I'm kind of stymied that he's got a Pommy and Oz shirt that's just on its way to him. So I can't yeah. really slight him too much. But he did actually say Brendan Bolton, he's excited about seeing a midfield coach by Brendan Bolton, which is the definition of banter. <laughs> like, I've never said anything that funny. So well done, sorry. Yeah, well done. The next one is the Brownlow medal. 
who have you got your eyes on for the Brownlow this year? You, Pom, and then you guys at home. Nathaniel Fife, Fremantle. Really? Okay, please elaborate. Um, oh, I'm on a Cowan show, so I can't be real. I think um, for me, I think Nat Fife is the most consistent midfielder in the competition at what he does. Um, and I think when he plays, he stands out. And I think he's due a big year. He's, he's had his little injury knocks, his little adjustment factor. I thought towards the back end of last year, he really stood out in that midfield while them young kids started to take the load and allowed him to be a bit more creative. So I really do think that five is going to have a big year. I've just got a feeling it, it's a gut. I can't tell you where I've come from, but it's a gut. Okay. I, um, I think when the Walsh news hit, I didn't realize how much it would mean for uh, for us. But when it comes to the Brownlow, and I, I mean, I think you said this like three weeks ago, you said Brownlow Crips. And I said, nah, I don't know about that. I think now, I think now I'm really, I'm really starting to warm to the idea because I'm I'm convinced Crips is gonna have a career best season. I'm I'm totally convinced. I think I, I think he'll be up there. I've I've got a feeling that this year it will be them bigger bodied mids. Yeah. I think I think they're really going to shine. I think, I think particularly with the rule changes, I, I know a lot of people have said that that rule change affects them bigger blokes like Crips. I, I think differently. I think what it's going to make them do is offload the ball quicker and faster, and that creates more scoring opportunities, thus standing out like Ollie Wines did last year with what he did. So, yeah, Crips will definitely be up there. Okay. Yep. I like it. I'm liking I'm liking the sentiment. I'm, I was really keen to see where everyone's heads were at. So the next one is who will win the wooden spoon? In a shock, Collingwood Football Club. Really? Okay. I can elaborate. Please, please. It's I, uh the floor I, is yours. McCray totally untested. Totally untested this level. Um, massive rebuild going at Collingwood, really. Let's be honest, it's a it's a brand new list. They've got talent, but I think a lot of it hinges on their senior stars. We've been there before at Carlton 2018. Lots of young players, senior stars. Pendlebury has never been injured. It's got to happen. Grundy, if he goes down, they've got nothing there. And also, I can't get over the fact Bolton's in their midfield. So, <laughs> yeah, 18th. Bolton's at the wheel. Yeah, oh, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean that 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 that's veering off. I tell you quickly. So I think I think they'll I think they'll be close. Collingwood. I, I took the Suns. I think it's the easy pick to be honest. Uh, I think it's a bit of a cop out, um, but I think the Suns. I just wonder what losing Ben King does to their confidence this early in the piece. And when Levi Casbolt is your full forward now. Uh, for the rest of the season. I can't wait for that to bite me in the ass when he kicks six goals in round three. Um, but I just think, yeah, you, you're starting so far behind. Uh, well, I mean, the, it'll be between Gold Coast and Collingwood because both of them have, uh, have have got a handicap, really. One's got Levi Casbolt and one's got Brendan Bolton. So yeah. make of that what it will. This is comment of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the bottom three being Richmond, Collingwood and Gold Coast and, 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 and then fans blaming former Carlton people? That would be gold. Teague is at the wheelchair for round one. I'm, I'm all about that. All about that. When the 40 down at half time. <laughs> um, the next one is who is in your top four? Now, you don't have to put them in order. But who will be in your top four teams? I might give you mine to give you some time, but that's a bit of a, a tough one to to throw onto you. So I have got uh, Melbourne, Geelong, Port Adelaide, and the Western Bulldogs in the top four. I actually did the ladder predictor for the season for every round, and I had all four of those teams on uh, on fifteen wins for the season. So those are the four for me. It's not so different to to, uh, to 2021, um, but let us know in the comments who your four, your who you think right now your top four is going to be. Lions, doggies, demons, swans. 
Okay, so the Swans are going to rise a bit. Got to think, yeah. I, I, I like their list. I, I like what they've done as well with their recruitment. I think they're, they're thing. I've got a feeling that Port are going to slide a little bit. I've just got a feeling that Port will slide. I think the Voss effect is a, a big thing for them. I've just got a feeling it's got a big okay. thing. Everything last year was was Voss orientated before he was linked with Carlton. Voss had input in Ollie. Voss did this with our midfield core. So I, I've got a feeling Swans will rise. And Port will fall. That's an interesting one. I, just on another note, not that I had the Eagles anywhere close to the top four, but do you think, do you think the Eagles are going backwards? I saw Kane yeah. Corns' comments today. I, I don't know. I kind of believe in them because they're playing in Perth. They're going to win seven or eight of those games, I feel. I think they'll be good. I, th I think they'll be good. I mean, I think they'll be about 12th. I don't mm. think they'll bottom out, bottom two, like Kane Corns said. But, I mean, it's nice that Kane Corns hates the Eagles now. So obviously he didn't hate Cal and he hated SBS because now he mm. hates the Eagles. So it's nice to know he's deflected his hatred. But yeah, I, I, I think there's there's what I think they've stagnated. I think maybe Simpson's run his course there because they look like a team that's just stagnated. They they remind me of an Everton that they've reached the plateau and the only way to get the next level is getting someone fresh in, but it's so, a yeah. huge risk because it can go the other way very quickly. So, yeah, I, mean, I think that'll be it. Okay. Two more questions. Who Go is on. going... The first one is, who will play off in the grand final? So, you've mentioned the top four. Who will play off in the grand final? Final this year will yep. be Doggies Swans. Doggies Swans. Okay. Okay. I've gone with the D's and Port Adelaide because I'm a sucker for Port Adelaide and we all know that. Oh, dear. You've done it. You know what? I, I, it's one of these questions, where do Carlton finish? Well, that'll come. Well, the Carlton season preview will come a little later. I'm just oh, trying to understand a bit uh, as Boo. to where our heads are at for the season. Um, we can always ask the question, but... Yeah, I, I've got yeah, the D's in Port Adelaide. I think this is where the big um, variable will be, where you know where people think uh, the grand final will end up. So then the last question is, who's winning the flag? D's. Okay. I mean, who did I say? I said the D's, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> yeah. You said Swans. <laughs> I think you said Swans and Dogs. Sorry, Swans, Doggies. It'll be the Doggies. Sorry, the I, I saw... Melbourne in the comments. Yeah, the dogs will win. I think, I think the, the pain will make them good. Okay. I um, I have a feeling that the Ds are, do are doing what Richmond did and they've uh, uh -huh. unlocked themselves and we're about to live through the demon era. The only thing that can stop them is if they get ahead of themselves or COVID or, um, or Carlton figuring it out. That's the only thing I can think of right now. Really, I, I, I just think the doggies have got it. I think they've got it. I, 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 I think the doggies had Melbourne on toast. Yes. They just were outclassed. And I think the doggies, I think that year, the pain, the pain will hurt them. And mm. I think they'll come back and they'll have learned the lesson. And just got a feeling about the dogs. Come, I, I like them. Okay. I like it. That was fun. That was fun. And I had a bit of a, a bit of market research there. Now, we have a practice match against St. Kilda. I chatted to Jake from Saints TV uh, this morning as a, uh, a game, a match preview for it, which really got me up and about Thursday, 10 a.m. Pom, what are you going to be looking out for for this? By the way, are you doing a, you're doing a watch along for this Thursday? I, I am. I managed to get the morning off, but I have an appointment at half one in my hometown, so I'm not Thanks. risking the train. But no. I will be watch along. You can come and join me, all you interstaters, and we'll have a bit of banter and well. Well, I mean, that's going to be the first day that we believe we win a grand final, isn't it? Because we're going to have a real good couple of quarters to watch. Uh, what I'm looking for is I'm looking for setup around the ball. He's going to be my number one thing. And when I do my analytics, we'll have our first one after analytics corner right up. We're going to be focusing heavily on has anything changed. I'm looking around the ball, stoppages particularly, and I'm looking at how Voss utilizes these bigger bodies now we've got a lot of crafty users in class how that looks and i'll also be looking at our ability to transition when we lose the ball what are we looking like behind the ball 
And that's they're going to be my two focuses. Has anything changed? Yes, I think that last point you made that's that's number one for me. It's I'm I'm going to be very interested to see how quickly the boys transition from offense to defense when the turnover comes or when you know for whatever reason whether it's a you know an unforced error or 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 a clangor or whatever the case may be because I think we were clearly way too slow to mentally switch from offense to defense last year and that's where we got carved up for the most part. So I think it's a focus thing. Obviously, just want everyone to get through unscathed, um, see a few of the young ones. It's a bit of a spew that Jack Carroll's not playing. I really wanted to see him line up against the Saints. Um, but I believe someone like a Corey Durden will play. Um, Jesse Motlop might be there as well. So I'm, I'm not getting too carried away just yet. I think the, the, the Melbourne game next week is a really good test for us as well. I'm really excited about that. But yeah, 10 a.m. on Thursday. If anybody in the audience is is going down, let's um, let's let's all catch up in you know a certain section of the ground. That'd be fun. Um, I'm not really sure what to expect from a crowd perspective, but I think a couple of hundred people will get the day off work. Oh, mate! I mean, it was easy to get the morning off for me um, because my boss knows how much I love the Blues. It was just the fact this meeting I have cancelled it twice already and rescheduled it, so I couldn't do it to the guy, but. I mean, what, what I'm excited about this game is St. Kilda would be that side that would be quite bullish. They are going to be in the eight because genuinely a team falls out and it's a team between 10 and 12 that jump into the finals. So St. Kilda, probably the favourites in their mind statistically to take the eight. So I want to see where we are fitness-wise to these guys. I want to see where we are ball movement-wise, match sharpness, because the week after... We've got the guys who have the target on their back. Mm-hmm. So we're probably going to play today the Chief Hunters. St. Kilda are the Chief Hunters. They're the ones who are hungry. They want that eight again. Melbourne now are the ones everyone's chasing. They've got the target on their back. So we're going to have a real good polar of the best of the rest and the best. And yeah. where do we stack up in this? So I want us to be somewhere in between. Well, when I spoke to Jake... This morning, I was asking about the St Kilda narrative and and what's going on in their you know in their minds in this preseason. He he spoke about how they didn't focus on their fitness last year and they thought they had the game plan and it all fell apart because they weren't able to run out games. And I was referencing how the year before they made the finals and they looked so dynamic and sharp. And it took me a while to realize that it was a COVID affected season. It was shortened quarters, and now that the quarters are, are longer. Um, it definitely affected the Saints a lot. So that was a really interesting notion to hear from a St. Kilda supporter as to what's going on on their side. But I think, I hope our boys are fitter than what the Saints were. We obviously show that we can match up well with them, but I find the Saints to be in that same bracket that we are. I feel like we're in a bracket of four or five teams who are vying for one or two spots. I think it's interesting as well when I heard Jake say that because... I'm not saying our season previews are brilliant, but going back last year, I did watch our season preview and we did say, be interesting to see how short and quarters affect teams like Port, St. Kilda and ourselves, right? Because there's that extra minute, them extra minutes. And our game style was very similar in the terms of it was all out attack. It was get the ball up there and then chase like mad rabbits back. And we saw what happened. Port adapted. And they found a way to go to gear three and conserve energy. Saints and Cow and Headless Chickens. Do you know what I mean? The difference between our teams, St. Kilda's forward line is brilliant. Ours isn't. Do you mm. know what I mean? So they can lock it in. So I love that from Jake. It was probably perhaps one of the few things he said where I was like, makes sense. When he started going on about flags and stuff, I switched off. But um, Jake Gresham elite as well. Behave. Um, but but, but let's be honest that's what I'm looking for now because we have got to we've got a new game plan we've got a new game plan you saw what happened with Raps at St Kilda so that's what I'm looking for this game numero uno don't care about the result I care as something changed and if Voss knows what he's doing it's going to be obvious it's changed it's not going to be like you won't need to me to do a little article on Blue Abroad and go, oh, that's changed. You'll all know. Yeah. You'll all know. And that's mm. what I'm looking for. 
Yeah. No, it's exciting. So just to recap, um, 10 a.m. Thursday, if you can't get to the game, if you're interstate, if you're an international fan watching, Pommy will be here doing the watch along so you can uh, chat about with him. I believe it's exclusively going to be on KO if you want to watch it. Um, I'd recommend getting the the KO stream up and and the Blue Abroad watch along on and watching them together because I think I think that's the best experience uh, for you on Thursday. And then um, there'll be a solid review on um, on Thursday afternoon. And when I get home, I'll I'll be sure to record it for you all. And uh, depending on if you guys want it, we might even do like a special Thursday night fan cam show for those that went and want to give some of their opinions. But we'll see how that one plays out. Um, if you would like to do something like that, let us know for sure. And uh, slowly but surely, Pommy, it's really, really heating up. Mate, I can't wait. Like, honestly, like, yeah. I mean, maybe I, I feel like I've come on today after everyone's lost their mind and I'm so relaxed. Yeah. I, I've never felt this relaxed. Like, honestly, I, I, I couldn't give two shits. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, literally, I am, I'm ready for war now. I'm in the mode. I'm sick of talking about it. I want to see my boys go out there to battle, facing off one-on-one with Richmond Tigers. And yeah. it's, it's Chris Beach summed it up. It's fucking time we beat them mouts, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm sick of seeing Robert Winston go for his soppy little walks in his Richmond Guernsey, talking about, oh, we've won a three-peat. Couldn't give a fuck. I want to <laughs> beat them. And I'm beating them. We're beating them. Yeah. Ari just wants Charlie to kick six. Mate, Charlie kick six in round one. It's... Just need to calm down. Just need Mate, to calm down. you wait for him to kick one goal against St. Kilda in the preseason. I'm going to fucking lose it on the watch along. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. Uh, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., the newest episode of the Almost Blues Brothers will be out. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Um, we'll have some more individual season previews. Lots more to come this week. And then we gear up to Thursday and essentially we're pretty much back into the normality of things, talking about real footy against opposition sides. Um, looking forward to seeing you guys at the uh, the Blue Abroad season launch as well. Um, make sure you finish up those tickets and we'll have a great afternoon on the 12th of March. Pommy, thanks very much for joining. See you next week and enjoy your evening, everybody. God bless.